It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and uh, I'm the host of this podcast. And uh, we're in a new month. This month, we're talking about leading worship in different different settings as um, and different places and what that could look like. And today, I am joined by Yancey. Yancey, how's it going? It is going so good. Oh, excited Happy to, to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hang out and kind of dialogue about leading worship with kids. Because, mm-hmm. um, But before we get into that, let's hear about you. Tell us about you. Tell us about Yancey and what, what kind of where you're coming from. How how much time do we have? Oh, you know, it's a thing. Just go for it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So uh, my name is Yancey. I'm a mom. I have two boys and I homeschool them as well. But I have been making music uh, for the last 25 years and have been focused specifically on kids and families and leading them in worship uh, for the last doing the math in my head as we speak, I guess like 15 years actually. Um, And so that's kind of been my focus. I get to travel the country and do family concerts and lead worship at events. But a big part of what I do is writing songs for kids, creating uh, different videos and worship resources that churches can use in their ministries to lead their kids in worship and have written a curriculum series that even is five full lessons all about worship to help uh, churches teach their kids more about that and wrote a book and been I taught a college course earlier this year about it and all the things. So, so just children and worship and, and passionate about raising this generation to be the disciples um, of worship that God created them to be. So good. Yeah. It's so good. And I love, I love that you have kind of like a lot of people go into leading worship and they end up, they want to like swing towards adults and you're like I want to yeah. swing towards kids. Yeah. And and tell us why mentioned it a minute ago but tell us more about why why are you so passionate about kids and guys why is that your mm-hmm. focus and what you're doing and kind of devoting yeah. your life to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean and just a, a little bit more backstory of me. So I'm a preacher's kid and I actually grew up all around children's ministry, so that's what my dad had done my whole lifetime. So I grew up around that space, but I'll be honest, I didn't start out focused on music for kids. I was trying to do CCO music and traveling, doing youth groups and leading worship and really have led worship for all ages, Um, you know, student ministry, college, adult, all of it. And the last things I really started doing was um, getting into leading worship for kids and creating a record, that's now the first little praise party album in that series. That was for my church that I was on staff with at the time. And, you know, looking back on it, I'll be honest, like I, God led me on a journey and a series of a lot of easy guesses uh, to get me to this point of being focused on kids. Um, I kind of joke and say that if God had told my 16 year old self, that, you know, the number one song in my catalog would be a song I wrote for preschools, preschoolers. Like I probably would not have been amused, you know, like that was not my musical aspirations and dreams and goals, but God's clever. And so he waited to tell me, you know, 
<laughs> until I was in my late twenties and where I would then be like, okay, why not? You know, but I can remember the day I was on staff at a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I can picture everything about what my office looked like. And um, I was had been over our student ministry worship for a while and leading adult worship and um, had been involved in preteen worship, but they had just given me elementary and preschool to oversee. And I remember coming across a verse in, in the Bible that became my favorite about worship and kids. And it's Psalm 8, 1 and 2. And the message translation, it says, God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants, gurgle choruses about you. And toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. Ooh. Yeah. And it, it, it was one of those, you know, you know how sometimes you're reading scripture and you kind of read something and you think, did that just say what I think it said? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> rewind the tape. Wow. Like, let's let's start again. You know, like let's read yeah. that again. And that's how it was for me that afternoon. And I remember being like, OK, I need to keep this in front of me, you know, grabbing a post-it note, yep. sticking it, you know, on the edge of my desk by my my phone. And, um, just cause I knew I needed to put that where I would see it over and over again throughout my day, because yeah. I, I, but coming across that verse really, I think was the eye opening thing for me to start understanding that the worship of children is powerful, mm. you know, and that it means something that it matters to God, that it's not just like another worship set or, you know, just checking the box to be like, yep, our elementary kids are worshiping God today, you know, yeah. with these three songs. Um, it, it became so much less about a mechanical, you know, equation of just work that needed to be done. And it was really an opening of my eyes to just be like, there's power when kids worship. And, um, I can just add to that a little bit, you know, the Palm Sunday story that we all focus on um, throughout, you know, every year yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, get, we get to that season. And, you know, we know that, you know, the headline is the children are shouting Hosanna, they're waving from the palm branches, Jesus on the donkey, you know, that's the part that we focus on. But in the same chapter, a few verses down later that same day, Jesus is at the temple and there's a group of adults, those leaders that are questioning Jesus on what they had seen and heard. And I, I like I like that you smirked because I feel like uh -huh. this is a smirk moment in uh -huh. scripture because I'm like, okay, here we are all of these years later and adults are questioning and raising eyebrows on, is this meaningful? Does it really matter? Should we care about it? Yep. You know, all of these things. And Jesus, you know, says to that group of leaders, he said, have you never read from the lips of children and infants you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And if you read, you know, the sidebar, the footnotes in any Bible, any scripture, they'll tell you Jesus was quoting Psalm 8-2 in that moment. And those leaders knew what that said. And I just feel like it's a major like mic drop moment in scripture for us. Yeah that Jesus on his way to the cross, you know, on that significant day and what would end up being a whole bunch of significant days later that week, Jesus knew where he was headed. He knew where he was going, but yet he took a moment that day to highlight to us 
you know, that group of leaders and all of us these years later, that God has ordained the praises to be on the lips of children. And it's something that matters to God. And I believe it should matter to us as well. Amen. I was like, end of episode. That was, I just, just, just that right there. I'm like, gosh, that was so, that's so yeah. true. Oh my gosh. It's, it's funny how like in your church culture and worship leader culture, we oftentimes worship leaders, I'm going to go lead worship and you swing towards, we swing towards adults, but then all mm-hmm. re- reality, it starts with the kids and yeah. we don't, we don't put a lot of emphasis there. And then you, as you just kind of explained and walked us through, like, that's where we should be putting emphasis and mm-hmm. like it starts and then they're growing into worshipers and not, yeah. not, not just keeping them busy during playtime and Sunday morning, mm-hmm. but like training them as worship leader or training them as worshipers to, yeah. uh, to, to, to start at that age when they're the most uh, open to anything, when they're the mm-hmm. most like uh, prone to learning and growing and yeah. there's not that preconceived like I'm an adult, you know, wall yeah, that gets put up and for sure. it's just kind of open. Um, I mean, my, my, my kids were in a, for a while, we're in a dual immersion program pre COVID and mm-hmm. learning Spanish and English. And they just learned Spanish by being immersed in Spanish. And yeah. they'd come home and they're like, I knew what they were saying. You're like, how on earth did you know what they were talking about? When uh-huh. it was like, well, she, my, my daughter was explaining it to me and it just like, she's just in it. So she understands it. And then, but a lot yeah. like this, it's like, you just, if you put the time and energy there, like that's where we're going to see these kids and the generation grow into becoming amazing yeah, worshipers. For sure. Uh, just this past Sunday, I, I had served in my church's kids worship band and was talking to one of my son's friends and this little boy is in first grade. And, um, he told me after the service, he said, I felt God's presence for the first time today during worship. Oh man. And he had the biggest smile on his face, you know? And I was just like, that's so awesome. He was like, it was so cool, you know? And I just, it was such a beautiful reminder to me. Um, you know, I often will say, I want to help kids taste and see that God is good so that they hunger and thirst for more of him. And, you know, when I think about this conversation I had with this first grader boy this last Sunday, I'm like, that's exactly what we're talking about. If we can help them learn the pathway to sitting at the feet of Jesus, resting in his presence, experiencing his presence, all of those things, if we can help them experience that as a child and experience it over and over again throughout the years that they're growing up in our children's ministry space, and onto student ministry space, we will raise a generation that understands values and longs for and hungers for the presence of God. And I, I believe that that is just so important. And it's, 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 I feel like it's a simple, it's a simple line in the sand, yeah, yeah. you know? And so often we're kind of to, one extreme, you know, are lacking, but it's just like, oh, just to step over into that territory where we're helping kids just learn that path of running to the the father and absolutely everything that they face. That's my goal. Amen. Now, I, I normally lead a worship for adults and uh, mm-hmm. the idea of being in front of kids actually makes my palms sweaty. Uh, I have children. Don't be scared. And no. And, and so when, uh, I mean, I've led worship in large groups. I've played, I've played live on the radio like that mm-hmm. didn't terrify me. Like 
myself in a guitar room full of people. I got asked when my daughter was in preschool to come and play to like 12 preschoolers. And I was terrified. I don't know what it yeah. is. I don't know what this, That's funny. not my world, you know, whatever, but give us some tips as a worship mm-hmm. leader for kids. Like what are some things that I should be thinking about or, um, you know, I, uh, and what are some things I should be thinking about and doing and mm-hmm. uh, why you mentioned, don't be scared, but I don't know what it is. I yeah. I was, and it's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but, uh, but yeah, walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I would encourage you don't be scared because I always kind of joke and say like the worst that you can imagine is probably not going to happen, you know? And maybe yeah. I, I get an image of like Fozzie bear, you know, from the Muppets, like telling his joke and people throwing the rotten tomatoes, you know, cause they don't <laughs> like it. And I'm like, that's not going to happen to you, you know, on Sunday morning. <laughs> Like they're not going to go boo and all run out of the room. You know, hopefully you've got enough adult leaders in place that that will never happen. So I do believe kids are the easiest group to lead in worship. I've led all the ages. Um, I believe they're the easiest, but I think a lot of that is they're closest to the starting line. You know, they're closest to that Mm -hmm. beginning point of who God created us to be. And there's been less life and less sin nature you know, tarnish, Yep. you know, who, who God ultimately created us to be. And so I have found that when it comes to leading worship, um, it's really easy. And, and really, you know, when I get a, in a new uh, camp environment or I'm at a new church for VBS or whatever, so much about what I'm doing that first session, you know, I'm doing what I know will work in that moment, but I'm also assessing the room and assessing these different personalities and church cultures that have all shown up for that week and just kind of like, okay, what did they know about worship so far? What can I tell about how they're responding to me, how they're engaging in this minute and kind of what are the things that I'm going to need to teach them and kind of unpack and kind of hold their hand a little bit. And so I kind of call it like drawing a box around worship and that I have found that kids are so easy to lead worship when they just understand what it is you're doing and why. And so I think that's the biggest thing. It's not just like, now it's time for us to sing in worship. Like that is not very informational, that statement, you know, you you'll have, you know, preteen boys that are kind of like, all right, you have fun with that. And, you know, keep standing there. (laughs) But I found, you know, when I can consider what my invitation is and what I'm inviting them into, and when I can take some specific moments in my set to just draw a box around what worship is and why we're doing it, why it matters, how they can engage in it, what's a step look like today in this set, What's a heart posture I could encourage them to have when I start doing that, you know, worship set by worship set, week by week, session by session at camp. Um, it just becomes these layers that you're building upon. And, you know, in scripture, we're, we're those listening. I'm sure all familiar with that verse that people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. We've heard that preached about and talked about a lot of different ways. But I'll be honest with you, I believe that there's a lot of Christians in churches that are spiritually malnourished because they don't really understand why their worship matters to God. And so, I mean, that's a subject that applies even for the other age groups. But 
I think for kids, especially if I can every single week, give them something about the what, the why, the where, the when, the how, where I'm just giving them information. I'm showing them scriptures and Psalms. I'm, you know, connecting the dots about a specific song that we're singing. Um, I'm, you know, continually challenging them and encouraging them uh, to engage in worship. Um, All of those things add up into this giant snowball, you know, Mm. that then gets you to a point where it's like super duper easy. But I think, you know, it's always, even if we were problem solving the subject, the big things are, what does your music sound like? Who do you have leading it? And the fact is that you need someone to lead it. You know, it's not enough to even just have a worship resource. That's a video press play on that video. And, you know, who's ever teaching the class walk off and not even have a worship leader, Yeah, yeah. which oftentimes, you know, happens as I have conversations with church leaders. So, you know, who do you have leading it and what are, you know, a, a biggie is what are you inviting them into, you know? And so what kind of, um, you know, how are you encouraging them to participate and what does that look like? And, you know, is it something that that age group really wants to do? Is it something that some of them are struggling with? Those are all big factors. And then another thing too, is the vocabulary that's in song. So if you're leading a group of preschoolers, your vocabulary has got to be concrete stuff you know, mm-hmm. because they don't understand abstract. And so you've got to consider attention spans oh, and the length good. of your songs and the repetition is so big, especially with little ones where it's it's songs that are active or songs that are repetitive, um, you know, and or, you know, a song ex- example like Father Abraham, that's both of those things where there's action and there's repetition, you yep. know, because you're you're repeating the same thing over and over, even though there's also motion that's happening of the different body movement, you know, even yeah, within yeah. that repetition. But that still is a great example of the kind of song that's going to work with preschoolers. Um, and, but, you know, even within that, like you can sing some worship choruses. You know, I remember when How Great Is Our God was a brand new song back in the day, you know, as we were singing that going, hey, we could lead this in our preschool class. We could sing just the chorus you know, or maybe the bridge. And so, you know, songs that are out there like Good, Good Father or Waymaker or, you know, some of these different ones that come across over the years, some of those songs can still work if you just only do the chorus, you know, and just repeat that with that younger age group of kids. So those are, uh, those are all factors to look at. Ah, I love that. I love that it's not just take what you do over here and do it over here. Like you yeah. have to make sure that you're you're meeting that space. And you know, we always say lead to the room, but yeah. that's that's usually talking about <clears throat> contemporary versus traditional. But in this case, it's mm-hmm. we're talking about another arm of going. No, it's yeah. it's making sure that the kids in the room. Um, I would have honestly would have never thought vocabulary just because I don't do it as do it as much. Yeah, but that yeah. makes complete sense. You know, thinking about what what a kid knows I all the time with my daughters I have an 11 year old and twin mm-hmm. eight year olds and okay. uh, I all the time hear them say what does that what does that word mean what does that mm-hmm. word mean in a sentence it's like how do you not yeah. oh right you're only eight you know what, what does that word yeah. mean and it's like they're trying to build their vocabulary mm-hmm. um and so that's amazing 
Yeah. And, you know, and I think like an example too, even when I'm writing elementary songs, like sometimes I only write one verse and I just repeat it, you know, and it depends on the song. I mean, there's times I write two different sets of lyrics, but I think again, it's, it's, there's a little bit of a simplicity factor um, that can be there that or allow you to make some edits, you know, to a song that would be different than if you were just focused on your adult worship on Sunday morning. Yes. No, it's true. So, hey, I, so I, your book's awesome. I don't... Thank you. I, I And I, I'm i not a huge reader. I, I mean, I am a reader. I'm more of a... Mm-hmm. I, I listen and read and just ingest. Yeah. Like, But you nailed it in your book about mm-hmm. kids. And one of the things you talked about in your book is hand motions. And I wanted to yeah. talk about this because <laughs> I think it says a worship leader, one of the things that like, we just kind of go, really? Is that... It, that's not... What what are you doing? What are you doing? Can you can you explain yeah. your thoughts on can you explain your thoughts on hand motions and kind of what you're when you're doing yeah. when you're dealing with kids? Yeah, I, I will certainly I will do my best. I talk about it for a couple chapters. Um, lay all my cards out on the table on this subject. But you know, something I found and those listening might have experienced it in their own church. Over the years, it definitely feels like so many children's ministry leaders have just become so focused on the motions. And what was once upon a time like this wonderful kind of tool, maybe a certain play to use on a certain song, a way to engage their crowd um, over the years kind of turned into just this crutch where we've got all these children's ministry leaders that kind of think like, well, if there's not a motion, we can't do it. You know, and so the truth of that is then that just becomes something where people that are making resources, if they don't include the motions to be there, then there's people that won't buy the resource. And 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 people aren't asking the question of what's the best way to lead this song, you know, and what's what's the thing that I could do to best engage this group of kids. And so over the years, it's just gotten to be where so many are just forcing motions to be there from start to finish of every single song that they do. And I I was consulting with the church at one point and was watching. They had all these kids involved, even on a praise team that were on stage. But as I was watching that Sunday morning, even the ones that were on the worship team supposed to be leading other people, I wrote down and I was like, are you raising dancers or or singers, you know, Mm. in worship? Because they weren't even moving their mouth. They were so focused on the motions and doing the dance moves to the song that they weren't even actually expressing that lyric and the song that was kind of like why you were doing it in the first totally. place. Totally. And, I, and I think that's the struggle is it's like somehow we're like, we've got leaders that are worshiping motions more than they're focused on worshiping the Lord. And so I know that motions can be good some of the time, but I also know that motions are an ingredient to the very factor of why you have some of your older kids that are disengaged and crossing their arms and rolling their eyes and kind of being like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, you know? (laughs) And, you know, and then it gets translated to those in leadership as just, they don't want to worship or they're not participating in worship. It's like, no, they don't want to do that, you know? So I just like to ask the question, you know, when I hear this lyric, what is the obvious thing that comes to mind? And I think, you know, there are certain songs that, yeah, you're naturally inclined to maybe 
do something motion-esque, yeah. you know, or there's certain lyrics that obviously are going to tell you to do a certain action, you know, yeah, yeah. of some sort. And I, and so I think those two things are the best kind of motion. And so what that looks like for me is sometimes I'm doing motions on a chorus and I'm not doing motions on a verse. Okay. Um, you know, I'm giving it space just because what I have found then, especially even as you get into older kids, because I'm not asking for it from start to finish of every song. And because it's not something that's so hard and so complicated. They've got to study for, you know, a month to learn it in the first yep. place. Um, because I'm doing something that's just simple, whether it be just like a rock fist, arm pump in a spot, them shouting out something or, you know, even like Super Wonderful is one of my big songs. And so I, uh, it's like so simple because I'm just like super big, super strong, super wonderful yeah. guy. You know, like it's something that like, we're not losing your man card, you know, <laughs> if you ask a fifth grade boy to do. And so yeah, yeah. they'll do it, you know, um, then in that moment. And so, uh, you know, I think there's a time and place for songs that have motions. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's a time and place for a song that has motions and maybe like one spot of the song. Yes. You know, there's a time and place as well to just, let your kids stand there and learn how to sing a song and to quiet their spirit and to quiet all the voices and the stuff of what's been happening that week and just, you know, teach them to lift up their hands in worship or yep. to kneel down or, you know, even at a, at a starting point, it's not like I want sitters in worship, but for a church that doesn't get and know how to worship, I might start there by for the slow song, actually letting them sit. You know, and we might do it like that for a few weeks until I have, I, I know I've got control and, and, you know, can lead them into another heart posture that might look like something different and just realize it's a series of steps, you know, and you're just building upon it week in, week out to teach them more about it. I love it. Uh, you know, I, oftentimes in this podcast, we've talked about the three learning styles about mm -hmm. uh, auditory learning, visual learning, and kinesthetic learning, and how yeah. doing, learning by hearing, learning by seeing, learning by doing, that sometimes there are people that that it might not be your thing where you go, doing doesn't make sense to me, but it's going to make sense to somebody. Yeah. And so actually moving, it, yeah. it kind of connects the dots in, yeah. in, in, some, of those, in some of those conversations. Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah. And then another tip too, uh, there's been a few things over the years that I've experienced where there were some people on stage doing motions. There were other worship leader people that were really just singing the song and, yeah. you know, participating in a more normal, you know, method. And I think as well, like that's, you know, maybe you've got a kid's worship team and they're learning something and you've got a couple other adults involved and they occasionally do a motion, but they're also just clapping their hands and jumping and being energetic I feel like as well, that's more of a picture of what is actually going to happen in your room because you're never going to have a hundred percent of the room that wants to do that exact motion yeah. at the same time, you know? And so if I can show them more than one way to be involved in what we're doing, I'm ultimately going to engage more people and what's happening. And so that's, that's another idea to consider. I love it. Now on this podcast, we a lot, we get a lot of like worship pastors 
that mm-hmm. are that are listening. Talk to them for a second about how can I, as the main church worship leader, support worship in the youth or in the kids or in the preschool? How can I help? How can I help that be successful um, yeah. when it maybe isn't the thing that I'm doing every week, but I want to mm-hmm. I want to invest in that as part of worship at the church? Yeah. Um, know that your role here is so valuable and so huge because, um, you know, even when I think about some of the things that I really believe in and talk about in the book of creating a rhythm of worship in your church and encouraging, you know, a lot of different staff members at the church to sit at the same table and talk about and answer this question of what kind of adult worshipers do we want to have in our church? Yeah. And you know, really reflect on, okay, they're 18 or they're 22 or, you know, whatever. There's just a part of this adult congregation. Like, you know, as you lead worship in your current Sunday morning environment and you look around out there, what do you wish they knew? You know, what are the things that you wish that they were already entering those sanctuaries and those auditoriums, knowing and understanding about worship Um, And just know that your role in this conversation of getting all of these different team members, I feel like ultimately you can have so much more influence than if just the children's person or the student person brings it up one day in staff meeting is like, hey, can we answer this question of what kind of adult worshipers we want to have in our church? You know, like I, I know the change can happen there, but I feel like that adult worship leader is in such a more influential space to be able to say, Hey, to our senior pastor or an executive pastor, like, let's talk about this. Let's think about worship in our church more holistically. And how do we start from the time kids are in nursery, having an intentional playlist. And when they're in preschool, you know, choosing to lead them in some songs every week and start teaching them, you know, we can sing to God because we love him, you know, a preschooler, they understand love. And so that's something that I can tie worship into is just, it's an expression of love to God. And then, you know, build upon that in elementary and preteen and middle school and high school and college and all of that. And so um, I would just encourage, you know, you, as the adult worship leader, maybe you even need more vision for your own specific area of, of, you know, what you want adult worship to look like. But I think as you answer that question, it becomes a whole lot more crystal clear of what needs to happen in these, you know, 15 to 18 years up to that point to, I kind of liken it to, it's a set of steps, you know? And so throughout the life of your church, Every classroom, every new ministry experience, you're building upon information and knowledge of worship that was put on them before, and you're just being consistent. You know, I think another thing is we know that sometimes in our churches, like maybe student ministry worship is awesome, but we know the kids ministry worship is, isn't great or vice versa. Sometimes the kids worship is awesome and the student ministry worship is a struggle. And so just how can you come alongside some of these other areas in ministry to just support them? And maybe that looks like 
you know, showing up and helping out with rehearsals periodically or teaching those teams and just really starting to put a heart for worship and, you know, serving in those people. Maybe it looks like sharing even some of your musicians or singers where, you know, maybe for some of those singers, you have on a worship team and they want to sing more than you're allowing them to sing. Well, yeah. we've got an opportunity for you to go help us lead worship two times a month in our elementary class, you know, like, and so um, just sharing as well, some of the resources of people that you have um, is another great way that you could support. But I think, I think you're sitting in a great seat to be able to, you know, read a book like my book, Sweet Sound. Yes. And walk into those offices of your fellow staff members that lead some of those other areas of ministry and just be able to say, hey, let's all get on the same page and yep. let's craft and let's dream of what worship in our church can look like for future generations. And it's, you know, it's one of those things like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know I'm asking you to do work. Yeah, totally. You know, let's just be real. Like, totally. it's going to be work. Like, it's yep. going to be some time in prayer, some time in scripture. You know, it's it's going to be some stretching. You know, it's going to be budget, um, all sorts of things. But knowing that by doing it, you literally are investing in your church and your church's spiritual health. The eternal investment, yep. For decades to come. Yep. And that to me is an exciting win and an exciting reason to say, hey, let's let's do this together. And I couldn't uh, you mentioned your book. I could not agree more. I think if you're listening to like this and you have like, how do I what are the resources to to do that? Go yeah. on Amazon, buy a case of Yancey's books, a Yancey's book and and then and then give them out to your staff and say, we're all going to read yeah. this and yeah. it's going to help you. Uh, the book's called Sweet Sound. Um, I've yep. read it. It's fantastic. Um, Thank you. And I just think that it's, I think that it's, it is, it is kind of the, it, it lays it out so well to go. These are the ways that you guys can mm -hmm. build the ministry and help kind of that. Like you said, that internal, the e eternal investment yeah. in, into the future of your church and, yeah, and it's going to just continue on. So, so good. Hey, so uh, we call our podcast the table and uh, I believe good conversation happens around good food. Yeah. So if I'm coming over to to your house for dinner, what what is on the table? What is what okay. does it look like in your family? Yes, I know this this makes me laugh because like let's be real, I'm not like a big cook. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you were showing up and yeah. I didn't know you were coming, like it's gonna be the basics of like tacos, spaghetti, you know. But if if I had invited you over, I knew yep. you were coming. We yep. would probably grill out and do burgers. We do a really good burger. Okay. And then some really good like grilled veggies on the side, some Brussels sprouts and okra and yes. you know, what, whatever thing sounds good that I mean, day. So Oklahoma to, to Nashville, your food, your food influence is 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 solid with this with the, uh, well there's, there's, there's definitely a there's definitely a lot of Mexican in my and my favorite list. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's, I think out of the, a lot of the food genres, Mexican food just did it right. I don't yeah. know. It's it just so, there's nothing, I've never eaten a taco and been like, I'm angry. Or I know. you have a taco and like, all is right in the world. And there's, yeah. You know, I have a list of like favorite restaurants and things to do in Nashville that I'll give to people. 
And one time I was like going through my list, for, you know, before I'd always just like send it to someone on Facebook or, you yeah. know, texted it to them. And I was like sitting there with someone that was staying at my house and like verbally walking them through. I became so self-conscious because I swear every other item on my list was a taco. And like every single place is totally different. You know, it's like their taco is nothing like this next taco that's on my list. But then there's another taco and it was just like, okay, well, I hope you really like tacos. because <laughs> My name is Yancey. I have a problem. I, I, I love tacos way too much. It's apparently that's, that's amazing. But Oh, it's so good. Hey, tell us how we can connect with you. Like your yeah. book your ministry, yeah. if, if there's like, I want to bring you out to do a concert at our church, yeah. like how, how can we, how can we partner with you and um, also connect with you? For sure. So you can learn more about the book at yanceyministries.com slash sweet sound. And um, it's also available on audiobook as well. So yeah. I tried to make there be no excuses as to why someone can't receive and experience this information. So and I want to point out, you, you you read the book, you actually yeah. read I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who wants to listen to the author, not some hired yeah. gun to read. Okay. You actually read it. So that's good. Yeah. So I read it. Um, so you can learn more about that there. I, I have a curriculum, like I mentioned, it's called heartbeat. I'd love for you guys to check that out to teach kids more about worship. You can go to yanceyministries.com slash heartbeat for that. Um, all my worship resources are there on the website. This is a little praise party, which is what I do for younger kids with the cartoon version of me. But I do very normal sounding music as well for preteens, a series called Kidman Worship. Um, and then on social media, I use the name of Yancey, not Nancy. So whether that's, you know, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, or my YouTube channel, like whatever thing we're doing, Yancey, not Nancy is the way to find me. So. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, I love that. And you probably get Nancy a lot, I'm assuming, in the in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, it always happens. If I'm, yeah. you know, at a coffee shop or giving my name at a restaurant, you know, they're going to get it wrong. They're going to get it wrong. Yeah. 97% of the time. It but happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, Nancy, I appreciate you hanging out today. And, Thank you. Uh, and just pouring into kids and pouring into the next generation mm -hmm. and helping people understand what it means to pour into the next generation yes. um, and just continually doing that. And like, to, we mean, this isn't just like a, this isn't just like a side hustle for you. Like you are actually mm -hmm. devoting your life to doing these things and being yeah. a part of it. So um, yeah. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me share on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we will see you guys next week.